Welcome everyone to the March 2013 edition of the Learning to Lead podcast. This month I had the opportunity to sit down with Dave Profesich. He is the Group Vice President of Security Software at Oracle Corporation and it was an absolutely phenomenal interview. If you are into leadership and um, sales, I definitely encourage you to read the, or listen to the entire podcast. Grab your notebook, take as many notes as you can. Uh, this was by far one of my favorite interviews. You'll get a ton of, of practical information that you can put to, to use right away and so really encourage you to listen to the whole thing um before I introduce Dave, I always just remind you that this is a bi-monthly podcast. Once a month, I interview a high-level leader uh, and record the interview and put it out here. And then once a month, I also record a personal leadership lesson, and I put it out there for you to listen to as well. The purpose of this podcast is really just to, to help you uh, go to another level. Um, one thing I really do enjoy doing is just spending time with people that are way farther ahead in life than I am and learning from them so I can go further faster and so I meet with high-level leaders and so I record these conversations in hopes that they'll help you go further faster as well. And as always, if there's anyone that you would ever uh, want me to interview and suggest, please email me at DougSmithLive at gmail.com. I would love to hear your suggestions. And uh, if there's any way I can ever help you, you can email me as well. I'd love to connect with you. So that being said, let's jump right into this interview. Uh, before we do, I'll read you Dave's bio, and then, um, then we'll go into it. So Dave Profesich is a high-tech software executive with 22 years of experience managing sales, technical sales, partner alliance, and consulting teams. International experience with customers, partners, and distributors, and he has both combined large company and a startup background. As I said earlier, he's the group vice president of security software at Oracle Corporation. He uh, earned his bachelor's degree in communications from Penn State University and got an MBA from the Joseph Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh. He's the author of the book, Men Managing Change with Business Process Simulation on Business Process Modeling as a method to enable change management in corporations. I've gotten to know Dave over the past several months, um, partially through my uh, job at Light of Life, and then I'm also a part of a Bible study uh, that he's in as well, and so I've gotten to know him. He's a great, great guy, very, very successful, but uh, has his priorities right. He loves God, and he loves people, and he's passionate about making a difference in the world. Um, He has a great family. He lives in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, and he loves, loves, loves the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he loves hockey. So, Again, I think you'll love this interview. Listen to the whole thing. Get your notebook ready, and uh, we'll go right into it. Enjoy. Hey, thanks for, for taking the time to sit with me and, and answer these questions. So why don't we just start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, your passions, um, your job at Oracle, etc. Sure. All right, Doug. No, appreciate it. Um, so uh, I think where I'd start is uh, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, so grew up um, here in Pittsburgh. I uh, love the city. Uh, love making Pittsburgh my home. Um, you know, currently um, have a family of five, so three daughters, uh, ages uh, 20, 17, and 14. Uh, been blessed with um, you know kids who um, have strong faith, and and, uh, um, and you know we've as a family certainly made that a, a super high priority for us uh, in general. Um, I work for um, Oracle, as you know, Doug, and um, been in software for 25 years. Um, and um, more recently, of course, with Oracle, just for three years. Uh, I used to work for Sun Microsystems, uh, led their software um, sales force across the Americas. Uh, Sun was acquired by Oracle, and now I've been at Oracle for, for three. Uh, at Oracle, 
I run our uh, security business, so security software. It's um, one of the hot topics these days uh, in the market, uh, security. You know, every corporation needs to protect their brand, protect their, their business from you know, malicious attacks, um, and uh, we sell software that helps to enable companies in that space. That's great. Uh, well, I know we met. I heard a little bit about you, and I just want you to walk us through your leadership journey. Uh, I know you were telling me about even – I mean, I, didn't you have, like, a lemonade stand or something when you were 10, and then you rose up very quickly as soon as you started your career uh, in the ranks? So can you just walk us through, you know, have you always been a leader? Is that something you always aspire to? Is there something that's been in you? Yeah, I, th- I think it's funny, the the yeah, early life moments. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say definitely uh, selling, uh, you know, as a um, vocation. It's something that came to me early in life. Uh, and I don't know if it's really sales per se specifically or uh, just kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. But when I was very young, um, you know, I grew up in kind of a broken family and um, really had to do a lot of kind of thinking on my own around what I, you know, who I was and what I wanted to be. And, um, you know, I just had an opportunity. I mean, it started with... Uh, you know, going door to door selling, whether it was newspapers or flower seeds or candles, or I mean, it was just, I was always that you know little kid, you know, eight, nine, ten year old that was knocking on on a door and, and asking for uh, for something, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, so so I think I you know felt early that um, you know there was a kind of a business uh, I don't know, desire just to be entrepreneurial and. Um, I, I, that was a blessing, certainly. Then didn't realize realize where that would go, but uh, yeah, started very early in uh, in this sales slash marketing profession. Yeah. So talk about the. So once you got into your profession, I think you told me by like twenty seven, twenty eight years old, you're you're making trips with the CEO or the president of the company. I mean, how when you started off your career, was it just your work ethic that got you by, or did you quickly learn how to delegate or walk us through that? Yeah, you know, and. and, and you know, it's interesting. We can be very intentional about what we want to do with our lives, um, and that, and yet, when you look back in retrospect, you know, you you see blessings that occur that you know you really had nothing to do with. Um, I mean, I, I, um, I went to Penn State uh, University uh, undergraduate, and uh, my my my, uh, <laughs> my passion was I wanted to be a sportscaster. I wanted to be the me- next Mike Lang. Nice. Um, uh, you know, love love hockey and, and uh, you know, way pre Lemieux, big big fan. Uh, so I was a speech communications major at Penn State. I had a little uh, radio show on WPSU and thought that's where I, I wanted to go. Um, started to work part time for a software company in 1987, um, really just trying to make a little bit of money. I, I had delivered pizzas and decided I maybe wanted to do something other than just delivering pizzas. <laughs> So I started working for a software company in marketing, uh, and uh, that I really kind of taught myself, you know, computers, PC. That was you know pre Windows, right around the time when Windows was coming out and becoming popular. Uh, so I got into the software business. Um, but like you said, I mean, from that that would have been age twenty one uh, or two. Uh, from that time until twenty seven. So I, I I decided after I. I um, was was done with Penn State that I'd go to work for this company that I had been working for part time on an hourly basis, uh, software company by the name of Systems Modeling, uh, which eventually moved. We moved our headquarters from State College, PA, to Pittsburgh to Swickley, uh, 
And um, you know, I was, you know, initially was was in marketing, then sales, then ran sales, then ran international marketing. And like you said, by the time I was in my kind of mid twenties, maybe twenty seven, eight ish, it's flying all over the world, um, and um, it was exciting. So, uh, leadership question. Um, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I didn't know any better, uh, and somehow the you know I guess was just blessed to kind of figure it out by myself, uh, and um, uh, you know, learned learned the product, learned the business, and led the business eventually. Uh, so it was a wonderful experience. Wow. Talk about uh, maybe one or two people you had a natural gift, but I'm sure you've had mentors come alongside you along the way. Talk about one or two of your mentors who really helped you develop, either as a man, as a leader. As a sales manager, et cetera. Sure. Well, the, the president of the company that, that I was just talking about, Dennis Pegden is his name, um, uh, was he was a, a math professor at Penn State. Uh, and I actually, before becoming a speech comm major, was a math major, believe it or not. But, um, uh, but anyway, he was a math major or math professor who started this company. And I learned a lot from him. He was uh, not a sales and marketing person, but he was just a real um, sincere, high-integrity uh, professional, and I think it was being around him initially that that made a big impact. I was able to learn from someone who played clean, hard, very sincere, um, good listening skills, uh, and that certainly had an impact on me. And then a few years after that, we brought in a um, an executive from IBM to run our global sales organization. Uh, and initially, I was a little disappointed because I, I wanted that position. But shoot, I was probably 24 years old, and uh, it, it, again, in retrospect, it was a blessing because I had a chance to learn from someone who had been with IBM for a very long time, and uh, even had a chance to um, experience a lot of training programs that we were able to um, access through our partnership with IBM. The company I worked for had a, a relationship with IBM, so went through all that training that I really needed. Um, so learn from him, certainly that leader, John Hammond was his name, and uh, and then all the training uh, from IBM, and, and um, very thankful that I was able to, uh, you know, experience that. Yeah, what about maybe your personal life or your your faith walk, any mentors in those areas? Well, yes. Um, you know, the, um, you know, my wife has had a major impact on my life in that area, certainly. Um, you know, she was the one who was, I'd say, more, way more uh, proactive with her faith at a very young age. We were married at age 23, and um, that she was certainly a big blessing in, in, in that regard. <clears throat> and then as I um, was, was kind of later in my 20s, um, I had some uh, friends that... Uh, you know, thankfully took an interest in me, you know, where we, we had Bible study. It was really the first time that I kind of got involved in a, a very consistent uh, Bible study um, environment, and um, which had just a monumental effect on my faith and just my whole you know, perspective on life. Yeah. So talk about that for a minute. So you're in, the, you're in corporate America. How does your faith play out in the workplace? I mean, as a leader of a people, are you very intentional about it? Or just, hey, this is who I am, or... What does that look like? That's a great question. And I, you know, certainly, um, you know, as my faith has grown, I've been, you know, I mean, sometimes I, I, I joke about how, you know, I envy professional Christians, you know, who, yeah. who work for, you know, ministry full time and, and how wonderful that that could be. And, um, and yet, I, I, you know, I do feel like, 
you know, where I work at Oracle, it's a mission field, um, an incredible opportunity, you know, for the kingdom. Uh, to answer your question, um, I think as a matter of style, uh, I try to lead by example first and then uh, share, you know, scripture and, and talk about my faith after I've established credibility as a leader because um, I think sometimes when you know my experience is when you start with faith without having demonstrated that you're walking in a godly manner y- your testimony is not may not be the same uh, having said that I think you have to you know look for opportunities uh, to share uh, and some folks get so wrapped around you know the kind of you know pressure not to share their faith in a, in a work setting uh, and, and I think it's okay you know and uh, you just have to be careful respectful and uh, I think credible great I guess this is somewhat similar along the lines I like how you said that your first president you were under really modeled character and integrity hmm. and actually I was, I was on your LinkedIn profile just reading about you and a previous co-worker I loved what he said. He said that the Dave or you have an unshakable moral compass. Hmm. And can you talk about that? I, I love that. But talk about character integrity and the importance of developing that as a young leader, but also what that looks like in corporate America. Sure. And, and you know, I think my, you know, the, the language that I love to use to describe, um, you know, the way I, I enjoy playing, you know, doing life, let's just say, is... Um, you know, where you combine um, tenacity with humility um, and integrity. So, because uh, I think sometimes, you know, if you, so the, the industry that I, I'm, I'm in, it's, it's high tech and, and, you know, we're not alone in, in this regard. But I think it's fair to say that there are many uh, high tech executives uh, who have, you know, egos the size of Montana. Just, I mean, really super prideful and, um, um you know, and, and, and there's that swagger kind of thing, and, and, and I've been in environments where you know that's you know respected and admired, and um, you know, and you know Jesus was um, certainly incredibly humble. <laughs> Think about you know what he did to uh, pave the way for us eternally, um, and yet he was incredibly tenacious as well. You know, and uh, there, it is you know I think it's okay. In fact, I think it's great. Uh, you know, and, and my aspiration is to try to combine that humility and integrity um, with being, you know, aggressive, you know, for the kingdom, aggressive for my company, uh, doing it in a clean way. Um, you know, and we'll be, everyone, you know, we all get challenged with um, tough decisions, you know, and um, that's why I love the Lord's Prayer, you know, lead us not into temptation, you know, and, and there, we can pray that uh, we'll be led away from temptation and that we'll be able to lead boldly without um, succumbing to difficult you know, decisions. So um, I don't know if there's a perfect recipe, and I certainly don't have it down perfectly, but uh, that combination of boldness you know, with humility and integrity, I think, is just a, a winning formula, and it's something I hope to uh, you know, achieve over time. That's great. Um, so in the workplace, you've grown and developed and continually gotten higher and higher positions. What do you do? personally to continue to grow and develop as a leader and to sustain that the growth that's necessary to fulfill your job so you know, I think you have to be uh, always learning um, and you know for me I think that's it's something I think about a lot it's something I talk about a lot to the, the folks I manage 
Um, you know, certainly there's nothing more uh, important than, you know, being in scripture every single day. So there's a learning aspect to, to that in terms of your walk uh, and the wisdom that, that uh, we, we get blessed by as we meditate upon scripture. Uh, on the work front, um, you know, I always talk about training yourself up. I joke with my folks about, you know, listening to webcasts while they're enjoying a bowl of cereal. You know, and, and you think about the... You know, the amount of time that, that we, you know, there's so many distractions and, you know, look, I love, you know, ESPN and, you know, enjoy the, you know, the Penguins and, I, and I'll, you know, certainly you can spend a tremendous amount of time reading the, you know, seventh article about last night's game yeah. or, you know, or you can catch a 25 minute webcast uh, on some industry trend in your business. Uh, or in, in our case, you know, Oracle, we have so many products uh, in the security business alone uh, and n- none of us in the security organization that I lead, you know, are masters of all of them. So, you know, just consistent training, consistent, just seeking uh, the Lord's wisdom foremost, but then, you know, other other um, intelligence around our, our vocation, I think, is very important. Yeah. Now, that makes me think of another question. So... You've, you've got yourself promoted, you worked hard, you grow personally, and at some point in your career you had to go from doing it yourself to doing it through others, and you oversee a very large team now. Can you talk about how you had to grow in the area of leading others and getting things done through others? Yes. Um, and I think you know, new, managers who are new in their, let's say, um, in their career journey, I think that's, this is an area that I think is uh, they struggle with at times. And I, you know, I've had the opportunity to promote folks, quite a few of them over the years, and, and um, you know that kind of that handoff between be, being the, the the main guy, like the star shortstop, versus the coach, uh, it's tough. It's tough transition. You know, we we hear often about individuals who can never make that jump successfully. Um, so it's, I think it's a combination of things. I, I, a lot of it for me, I think, is um, yes, you have to be capable as a leader, capable uh, of doing the individual contributor work. Uh, and so if you think about credibility, you know, it's very important that you understand, you know, what your people, uh, what, what competencies and possess those competencies that they must possess in order to be effective. However, you've also got, you've got to enable them and kind of get out of the way. And that's, that's the tougher part of it. Um, I think for me, the, the what's made the most difference is the relationships, the way I relate to my direct reports in business. Uh, so you know, I can't, and I have the opportunity to, in some cases, there'll be you know multiple layers of management. So the individual contributors are removed so much so that I don't even have a chance to um, do their job. Hmm. But I, I think as what I've found is I've been promoted and had opportunity. First off, selecting the right people around you is very important, uh, and investing in the people that are at, in your kind of core, on your core team, on your direct staff. In my case, um, is is extremely important. So, being a you know a good mentor to those folks, being a good listener, um, making sure that you're learning. You know, someone once said to me, you know, the key to your success is to learn faster than anyone else around you. And, and, and that's that's made, there's maybe a competitive statement there a little bit, but there's some wisdom as well. So, 
you know, if you're if you're learning all the time, you're a better mentor, you're a better teacher, you're a better leader. You're sending a message to your folks that they need to be learning mm-hmm. all the time, um, and then you've got a better chance that that your you know success will scale through your organization. That's good. Let's talk a minute about time management. So you oversee a huge staff, you have a job, you travel a lot, you also have a family of five. Just if you were to give, life gets busier and busier, and I mean, potential, most of the listeners to this are, are young leaders, and we think we're busy now, but I'm sure if we fast forward 10 years, we have no idea how busy we'll be with family. So talk a little bit about how you manage your days, how you structure your time, and how you make sure you still have time for family, what's important, church, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a uh, recipe <laughs> that that's uh, that's perfect. That's for sure. But um, <clears throat> I mean, some of the little things. I, I, I do think um, structure and habit. Um, if it's if it's um, you know godly and let's just say um, you know right living it, uh, can be helpful. Um, I think. In fact, I, I, I say often that structure is underrated. Um, what, what do I mean by that? So, you know, for me, you know, just to kind of get real specific, I mean, when I wake up, the first thing that I do almost every day is, you know, get on my face and pray, you know. And it may not be a long period of time, but to me that's kind of the oxygen, provides the oxygen for, for my day. Um, and those, that's a simple thing, the um, simple but powerful. Uh, exercise as well I think is very important. I mean, the Lord wants us to take care of our... Uh, our bodies uh, as, as his temple, um, and that's just kind of part of my, um, you know, operating system, if you will. Um, you know, when it comes to you know time with family, <clears throat> sometimes I have a lot of it, uh, sometimes I don't. Um, but I, I think what's important, at least for me, is to have a really um, substantial one-on-one relationship with each member of my family, uh, and so. It's always a blessing to have the five of us together on vacation. Of course, we, we have so much fun. But um, I really think about and, and pray about, um, you know, how can I, you know, invest in the life of my 17-year-old uniquely, you know, so, so that she feels um, that we have something special, you know, father to daughter. And I'd say the same about my 14-year-old, my 20-year-old, and, of course, Linda, my wife. So, um that's important. And then on the job front, you know, I mean, I, 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 to, I use to-do lists, certainly, and, and prioritize projects that way. Um, probably a little bit less um, formal when it comes to the job. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, there's no, no perfect <laughs> answer to that question. Right. Great. Thank you. Um, talk a little bit about failure. You've had a lot of success, but I'm sure with that came a lot of failures. Uh, talk about one, maybe one or two failures that were uh, huge learning points for you. And then also what advice you'd give to young leaders when it comes to failing uh, and how that can benefit them. Well, yeah, a friend of mine gave me a little uh, plaque one time, a little statement. It's still in my office. Um, imagine what you could get done if you knew you wouldn't fail, that you had no chance for failure. Imagine what you would attempt you would try, um, and I think you know. Oftentimes we, you know, we're a little careful and not as bold um, because we fear that failure. Um, yeah, I've definitely have failed a number of times, and uh, um, you know, I guess the the one exp- the one that comes to mind right away. My goodness, I was young. It was um, 
uh, age 21, I was still in college, um, and I, it, I there was a we, we had a, a school newspaper called the Penn, uh, the Daily Collegian at Penn State. It was the I think the largest student newspaper in the country, 33,000 newspapers a day. It was kind of the the paper for um, state college as much as the university, um, and I. I Ran the sales organization there. Uh, we had 26 sales reps that were students like me, uh, part time. Uh, and I, I, I wanted the the next position, which was business manager, it was kind of the the number one slot. And I had a lot of folks telling me that it was kind of a slam dunk. I was getting it, and uh, went through a competition, lost the competition, was crushed, really upset, um, and it took me a while to get over that. But in retrospect. Um, it was the best thing that could ever have happened, and you know, and I'm sure it was part of you know, Romans eight twenty eight. In retrospect, is always pretty obvious. Um, you know, he does God does work all things, not some together. And um, you know, this was one of those circumstances where I had that failure, uh, and had I not failed, there I would not have had the position. I would because I would have been doing this other role uh, job for the newspaper for a year it would have uh, knocked me out of the potential to run work for this company that I ended up working for for 11 years that gave me that international experience that brought me to the software industry uh, without any experience in software um, so big failure very big disappointment um, in retrospect the biggest blessing you can imagine at least for me from a career perspective and uh, uh, but I've had other failures certainly and like you know in I think it's just, you know, as my faith has grown, we even talked about this earlier this morning, um, you know, just accepting that, you know, God is in it, you know, and there is a, he does have a game plan. And if we accept that he, he's, he's got our backs, you know, we won't, we won't um, be so emotionally rocked by that failure. It'll just be a, another opportunity. That's great. Um, we have about 10 minutes left. I wanted to talk about sales and a little bit about organizational leadership. I have a bunch of questions, but I'd rather just say, hey, if, you, if someone's in the, the field of sales, maybe just starting out their career, what advice would you give to them on how to succeed in sales? Um, <clears throat> I, I think there are a couple things that, that come to mind right off the top. Um, you know, First off, I think the most effective salespeople – uh, are excellent listeners, and also, um, and, and this is a real simple little thing that, that that sales folks can do to be effective. You've got to ask smart questions, intelligent questions, uh, and and there are lots of different types of sales. I, I recognize that. Um, in general, though, you know the profession is around managing a territory, dealing with a specific uh, collection of clients who probably don't have time to. To a whole lot of time to spare, and perhaps don't even want to meet with you. Never forget that sales is professional rejection handling, <laughs> um, and and you just have to you know accept that it's you know you're going to get rejected way more often than you're going to succeed. So imagine for a moment that you're you're vying for you know a half an hour, an hour with with an executive or, or a target customer who may not really feel like having that conversation. Um, be prepared. Uh, do your homework. Do the research. Understand that business inside and out. Um, and I like that. I like to go into meetings. I remember when I was in sales, I'd go into meetings with, you know, seven or eight questions about their business 
that did two things. One, allowed me to understand them better, allowed me to demonstrate that I was a good listener, um, and also allowed me to, to demonstrate that I've done my homework because those questions can, you know, you, if, you, if you think through what those questions are, uh, you can't assemble that list without doing research and being prepared. So it's that preparation. Um, then you get into the meeting, good listening skills, and then phenomenal execution after the meeting. Uh, it, it, it blows me away. It's a disappointment, really, how poor salespeople are uh, in this area of just follow-up. And, and, you know, and, and I'm a little bit maniacal when it comes to details, so... I think sales reps should write, you know, crisp email follow-up, you know, no typos, grammar tight, very professional, not uh, over-the-top in terms of frequency of follow-up because you don't want to be uh, annoying, but you want to be respectful. And uh, if you ask the right questions, you'll set up some actions in the meeting that you can follow up on to show value and show that you're different than others you're competing against. It's just a, a simple winning formula. I love that. Anything else on sales? Um, you know, the other the other part of it is just you know really know your product so well, and it could be a product, it could be a service, you know. But I, I've been to you know negotiating clinics, and they'll you know the, you, you think about negotiation and sales, and some people will talk about you know negotiation being part of like a persuasion process, and and I never thought of it that way. For me, the best way to negotiate for your company or position your company is you know the product so well, you know the customer's business so well, you and you understand where the value is. And, and to the extent you bring that value to life, they are so enthusiastic about working with you, and it, it gives you great leverage, you know, at the time of you know conducting that transaction. So, um, just product knowledge, training yourself up, being better than your competition in terms of um, knowledge. That's great. Uh, I'm going to skip over the organizational leadership because I wanted to talk a lot about teams, but you talked a lot about that a little bit earlier. Um, I w- actually, this is a random question that just came on my mind. So young leaders, we get in the career, and a lot of times m- young leaders are money-minded. Hey, i got to go out and i got to make a ton of money. And working with people or even in your own experience, can you just talk about a little bit about the pursuit of money versus maybe pursuing your passion or just doing a good job where you're at or going into the field that you love? Hmm. I don't know if there's a question in there that makes sense to you, but... Talk no. about the pursuit of money versus. Sure. No, and, and it's um, you know, there's what isn't it the um, the number one top. It, there's more conversation about money in the Bible than anything. Yeah. I, th- I think that's yeah. an accurate statement. So um, you know, and what a what a great test of our heart. You know, um, the um, it. I don't. Th- I think it's. It's. You know. We want to have aspirations that are financial. You want to take care of your family. Uh, we're blessed to live in America. Uh, you know where. You know we are among the most wealthy in the, on the, in the world. I think um, it was Brad Henderson, um, president of Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, uh, who was was telling me that. Uh, I think you're, if your income is in the kind of forty to fifty thousand dollar range, 40. over forty thousand, you're in the top one percent. Most wealthy, um, but we tend we don't we tend to grade on the curve in America rather than um, and our curve is Americans <laughs> rather than rest of the world. So, um, you know, I, I think and then if you think about the sales profession specifically, I mean, there, there are very many very lucrative positions in sales, um, and for some reason this this profession and I think it might be related to the comment I had earlier around. 
uh, in my experience, you know, I, it's, been, it's very clear to me what differentiates the most excellent sales folks from the not as excellent, I'll put it that way. And, and a lot of it is just really, a lot of it's those simple, you know, good listening, great questions, phenomenal follow-up, excellent product knowledge, all of those things. So, you know, if, you're, if your objective is to do well financially, and, and I think that's a clean, good objective, you know, and I, I'd encourage everyone who does well financially to tithe. That's a separate conversation. But yeah. you know, one way to look at it is the more successful you are, the more you give back. And, you know, that, yeah. that's an exciting kind of idea. But I think if you do those fundamentals, you will become so effective in this profession that you will be blessed financially. I mean, it's, it, it, I, I got to tell you, I mean, we at Oracle, so Oracle's considered to be, if not the, the number one, one of the best. Uh, sales for sales organizations in technology, um, uh, and yet we we and that I think that's fair. You know whether we're number one or two, three, whatever. <clears throat> the point is, um, we struggle to find salespeople. I mean, we struggle to find people in this profession that um, have the technical skills, the passion to learn, the people skills, the listening skills, the execution skills, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Uh, I would start not with money as the object. I would start with, like you said, Doug, passion for excellence. Uh, and if sales is a profession that you feel is a good match for you and in your DNA, um, focus on the basics and the rest will come. That's great. It is hmm? 8.59. Do you have time for one or two more yeah, questions? Yeah, or? a couple more minutes. Okay, yeah, I want to respect your time. Yeah, thanks. Um, last few I'll ask this first. I love reading. I know you're into personal growth. Any books that you've read that have impacted your life deeply that you'd recommend as must-reads? I love Good to Great. I mean, that's that's my favorite. Um, you know, and uh, I also love, and this is an older book, uh, uh, in, uh, Crossing the Chasm. So I love Good to Great because it's it speaks of integrity and leadership and based on... Um, Analysis that was conducted by Jim Collins and his team around you know, CEOs and their leadership style. And it's encouraging to me that uh, this concept of level five leadership, which is unpacked in the book Good to Great, um, which is really a combination of humility and tenacity and integrity, uh, although it may not say that explicitly in the book, that's my takeaway, those types of leaders have been rewarded. And those co- corporations who are led by that type of person have some of the best success in terms of market capitalization, growth, et cetera. Really good book, good to great. Um, Crossing the Chasm uh, for anyone who's in technology, and, uh, and now this book has been out for a little while, Jeffrey Moore is the author, um, talks about how, you, how markets are established uh, and how customers... Uh, embrace technology and how a technology becomes mainstream. And so it's, I think it's just a great, kind of a must-read for everyone in technology that's more specific. Good to great's a must-read, I think, for anyone in business in general. That's great. So talk about you. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? And then ultimately, what do you want your legacy of your life to be? Hmm. 15 years, I'll be 62. That's a frightening thought. <laughs> uh, um, you know, in 15 years... Um, you know, I, I, my prayer would be that my faith is stronger, um, that my uh, daughters uh, have stronger faith, um, that they're married to um, men of God. 
um, you know, from, from a career perspective, uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I want, um, <clears throat> you know, I certainly would love to be remembered as someone who found a way in a very secular setting to, um, you know, put on the field and leave on the field, you know, Christian principles and, and um, um, doing it good, clean, but successfully and without any um, doubt that it was, you know, tenacious, humble, and of integrity. Um, I don't know that I want, you know, a lot more career growth in terms of, you know, titles and more, you know. I mean, I, I'd like to maximize the kingdom impact, but I'm not sure that necessarily means um, a large number of people. Maybe it's um, maybe maybe it's smaller and, and you know more heart construction for, for the Lord. I'm not sure, but uh, <clears throat> that's something I want to surrender. And, and I, you know, uh, I, my my objectives I think are more around quality rather than quantity. That's great. Last question: If you could give any advice to young leaders, what would it be? Maybe even advice you know you'd give to your daughters at this age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> And, I mean, it's it all. We're so blessed to have you know a, a manual for living, you know, the, the Bible, right? And it's it's um, you know Jesus was very clear about the top two priorities. Number one, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, everything you have. <clears throat> and number two, you know, love each other the way Jesus loved us. And, and um, I think that applies to life. It applies to career. Um, you know, it's harder. You can't set up, stand up on a platform in front of, you know, a lot of folks in, in a corporate setting and, and <laughs> quote scripture quite that way. Um, uh, but I think we're allowed to do that on this interview, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that's the formula. I, I mean, it. there is no better formula. That's great. Well, thank you for your time. I definitely appreciate it. I look up to you a lot. So thanks for what you do. All right, Doug. No, thanks, man.